Hello, welcome to How to Be a VIP, a show about living as or with a visually impaired person. Presented by me, your host, Taylor Knockcut. This series aims to help you, our lovely listeners, see the world through our eyes. So let's talk. Hello and welcome to episode six. I really hope you enjoyed episode five, Insight into Guide Dogs, and that you learned a lot from that. This week, we have something a little different. This week's episode is called Feeling Creative, and we're going to look at how a visually impaired person tackles art. Now, growing up, I was very fortunate to be in a very creative family. So my mum is a hairdresser, and she also learned special effects makeup, advanced hairdressing, wig making, so she was always a very creative person. But also my dad, so most people would know my dad as a paramedic, but my dad growing up um, with me was just so creative, always building things. He made this incredible theatre once. I came home from school and he'd literally got this cardboard box and made a massive theatre and loads of puppets. And he'd write us children's stories and do illustrations. And he's still now like ridiculously creative with his garden and building things and making things. So I always had, you know, drawing and building going on in my house. And obviously my music career, music is a very creative platform. And I've just felt that being creative has always been a huge part of my life. So when I got to secondary school and it came to art at school, I started just doing drawing with felt tip pens because they were the only thing I could see. And then it came to different mediums and I was thinking, how am I going to tackle this? I can't see pencil. What can I use instead? So then it went on to using things like graphite, uh, twig and ink, which is where you dip a twig into some ink and use the twig to draw, um, and also charcoal, which I was a massive fan of. But for this episode, we're going to have a live interview. So before I've had a few little clips um, from the guests on Zoom, but we actually have a live guest in the studio. And the guest today is my amazing teaching assistant from secondary school, Jeanette Corbett. How are you, Jeanette? Hello, Taylor, and thank you for asking me today. No problem at all. The reason I've got um, Jeanette on the show is because Jeanette was my teaching assistant all through secondary school, but particularly um, when I had art and we had a good, ugh, a massive laugh in the art department. We certainly did. <laughs> so much fun. Um, but yeah, so Jeanette literally was on my journey all the way through school. But when we came to picking art GCC, Jeanette and me had to figure out ways to adapt and find techniques uh, and formats that were suitable for um, visually impaired people. So Jeanette, what things sort of jump out in your head, like different techniques that we used? Well, um, I think we used practically everything, including <laughs> the Hoover bag, oh, emptying the Hoover bag into things. Um, but I think the best thing about art is that you've given a design brief or stimulus and you can just run with it. So you can use anything and everything. 100%. Your, your voice, your smells, your touch, and that suits you down to the ground, especially if you've got a fantastic imagination like you have. Yeah, definitely. We literally, for GCC and Arte level, you, you were given a brief. So the first one that we had was allotment. And most people are obviously drawing pictures of plants and leaves. And me and Jeanette went to uh, Cornwall. We went to the Eden Project. Oh, yeah, that was great. Good fun. <laughs> so much fun. And we, I remember you got me to feel the leaves because everyone was like drawing them. And you were like, oh, why don't you have a little feel of the leaf? And I'd sit there and feel them. And then from that, 
um we'll try and do like a picture just from the touch of the leaf and then we went to the beach remember that day it was absolutely chucking it down that's, with that was st ives yeah i can't remember what we did i think we did rock rubbings and shell rubbings yep. maybe yeah we did with collected like, bits off the beach yep and we, we we sat and did a painting and i remember i was like i'm not going to be able to see like the view very clearly so i did like a wash of blue sky and sand and then we got the sand and rubbed we it did. into the paint and then the paint was like textured mm-hmm. and then after that brief we had to make a fascinator based off of the eden projects and oh, that was fun. really fun because we just that was very tactile wasn't it we used wire yes. and feathers and different fabric to make this fascinator that was a leaf then the later on for GCC, they changed the brief and the theme was um connection and for that one we decided to broaden our horizons into sound art we had an amazing teacher called miss fox who was massively into sound art and that was where you'd have an installation where you'd record different sounds and you'd play them so it was like multi-sensory so Jeanette and me um found it was like the old I think it was a phone box from school. I, I can't remember. Yes, it was a phone yeah. box. It's one of those old-fashioned ones that just go over your head. Yeah. And you stand in. And, and Jeanette, the, bless her, was spray-painting <laughs> this phone box black. And then um, we, fe- we, we sourced some little buttons that you could record different sounds on. Mm. So we recorded loads of noises, so like the computer keyboard, computer mouse. And because it was based on Facebook, because the theme was communication, we had things like friends request, friends request, or another button said like super poke. And so we put them all inside this phone box. And then I got a huge cardboard wall and I went to Greenwich and I like had it looked like a brick wall because obviously on Facebook you'd say write on someone's wall and I literally got loads of strangers to write messages on the wall so the, the whole experience was supposed to represent being inside Facebook and then for my final piece um in year 11 the theme was words and music and uh, me and Jeanette attempted something quite dangerous where we <laughs> the theme um words and music made me want to use the poem um Havisham by Caroline Duffy um, I had this huge um, wooden structure that looked like a wall and we papered it like wallpaper and then using a soldering iron um, this is like Jeanette is just like an absolute legend because she <laughs> was helping me burn the words of the poem into this wall and then I bought a secondhand wedding dress from a charity shop and a friend of mine filmed me running through my local wood dressed as Miss Havisham in slow motion in slow motion dramatically pretending I've been stood up at the altar um and then we projected the film onto the poem and then the wedding dress was also uh, featured and then some of the poem was sewn into the dress but then you had to write out the poem on the wall actually in the day on mm. the actual exam yeah and wrote all the words from the poem on there. That was excellent. That was a good piece. And if I remember, you got an A star for that. Yes, I did. I think it was the... They they really like um, for GCC you to sort of push the boat out mm. and do something a bit weird and wonderful. And I think that was like, yeah, based off of Tracy Emin's, um tent. She did a piece called The Tent where she did loads of like uh, writing inside the tent. And I think that was what's nice about Art GCC is it's not just about you know, finding a theme and finding a, like, media to, you know, use to project your theme. You had to, like, justify it and find other artists to relate back to, which was really cool. 
Then once we finished GCC, we went on to A-level and then we, we upped mm, the ante, didn't we? We did, absolutely. <laughs> so you referred earlier to the emptying of a school hoover and what that was um, for. Oh, the, yes. the theme was butcher shop. So we'll sort of rewind a bit. So for butcher shop, um, we had to go to, it was, was it Smithfield? It was Smithfield yeah. Meat Market. That was it. Early in the morning, about 7.30. Oh, so early. When that section not that early now, but when I was like yeah, 16, when you were a it felt very early. And um, all the other students were drawing the pigs and the like meat hanging up. But obviously, I couldn't do that. So this butcher gave me a pair of plastic gloves and went, you can go touch it if you want. And I was there feeling this disgusting pig's head and trying to draw from my imagination of what the pig's head would look like. And then for A-level, I had a different art teacher, Benita Schroeder, and an amazing art technician, Hilary Taylor. And they both said to me, have you not thought about using pottery or clay before? And I think because, again, clay and pottery are so tactile, it seemed like a really obvious medium. So mm, what... You took to it like a duck to water as well. Yeah. we do Because of your light touch. Mm. We did the, the hearts, is that what you're referring yes. to? And we got a heart from this science museum. It wasn't a real heart, but it was just an anatomically correct heart. Mm. You felt that, and then you were off. You literally did how many hearts? Maybe six hearts? Yeah, it was crazy. And the, the, yeah. the thing that you referred to earlier about the, um, uh, the hoover was we decided at the time there was a song by Christina Perry called Jar of Hearts. So you went to the dump and found a fish tank. And then in the exam, I had to like put the hearts suspended in the fish tank. So we emptied the hoover. So it looked like this disgusting tank of, I don't know, gunk and never ending filth. And Mm. (laughs) we literally put the, um, the hearts suspended into the fish tank. So they were all... Uh, hanging there looking like they were ghostly and floating and things but like they were that. perfect they were actually perfect hearts you mm. managed to do that create that perfectly and, and then also, you sang the song yeah sang the song and recorded that over the top and we also mm. brailed uh, labels on the hearts so each heart was to symbolize um, a different person so we had like a little uh, paper label and then it had like the person's um, date of birth and so things like that so the hearts were supposed to represent people as well and then from that we kind of we again up the ante with the hearts and made a huge heart because the next um theme after butcher shop um was i think it was like rebirth and we decided to do uh, base it off of grayson perry's pots and i made a massive heart i remember yes i remember that now yeah can you remember because we it took ages to make and i remember sitting with you we put it in the kiln and i was like please huge slab of clay please don't blow up because if it blew up, I'd have a broke, literally have a broken heart. And, mm. <laughs> and um, yeah, and we made a huge cocoon um, out of bamboo. And then the heart sat inside the cocoon and we covered it in wax and like hessian. So it looked like it had hatched out of the cocoon. I remember that now. Yeah, it was it was very, very weird and wacky, that one. And then we also followed that. Um, so that was the first part of A-Level. And the second part, the theme was inside, outside, in between. And we based that off of limbo, so off of the um, the concept uh, between heaven, uh, heaven yes. and hell. We got very mm-hmm. sort of deep and philosophical there. Mm-hmm. And um, I made a sculpture that was a bust of a woman, and I covered her in braille. And it was based off of the the plinth at uh, what square in London? Oh my gosh, my mind's gone blank. Trafalgar Square. That's it. And the blank plinth that has different. Um, 
exhibits and artists go and put pieces there so we had the plinth and then we had this bust of a woman with the braille on and then these bars around the plinth that were also covered in braille and but the braille machine you weren't you just doing reams and reams of paper were they were they your sins were they prayers they were my sins were they your sins (laughs) luckily i can't read braille (laughs) it was all the all the bad things i've ever done yeah um uh, a all, massive long list yes there was quite oh. an extensive list um of sins but yeah we had the sins were on the body and then on the um the bars were prayers so yeah the, the prayers okay. were sort of um encasing the sins if you like and the theme was like uh the temptation because braille was such a tactile thing it was the temptation of wanting to touch the sculpture but by doing that you were then sinning because you was touching the female you're being tempted by the female form which was like one of um the things in the bible so mm. it was like an interactive piece and we also had again we had the buttons featured i think we played some recordings of like the pope reading stuff out as well oh we did yeah maybe some prayers and some hymns yeah something like that <laughs> so it was very interactive um and then we also did a really interesting so for our a level you had to do uh, an essay and the essay was on the relationship between music and art and we looked at a bit of synesthesia so artists that you know would hear music and see different colors mm-hmm. and we did like a really interesting like research project on that and looked at some album covers um maybe you brought in some of your vinyls for me mm-hmm. to have a little look at all the artwork and stuff but it did it, it, it art plays to all your strengths mm. which is the main reason that you did so well is that you can literally use any sense yeah and create something which is what you did 100 yeah. percent. and i remember we went on this amazing trip to um constable's house in suffolk oh, and that's right. that was the one that we again we were like what can we what can we do now like we've, we've literally tackled all these different you know mediums and techniques and the whole point of the trip was that we were supposed to paint um the view yes it was like just straightforward painting which yeah. doesn't suit you at all exactly constable country a lovely portrait of grass and cows yeah so we was like how are we going to do this instead so yeah then we did um we used mod rock and we were doing casts of the trees so we put the mod rock on the tree and then it would harden and then i'd get a paintbrush and because mod rock indents like it does the reverse of whatever you're like doing a cast of i'd poke the paintbrush into the mod rock to make holes which then when it hardens would turn into braille and yeah, we were going around, yeah, just running around with all this mod rock, making sure that mm. we didn't hold on to it too long, otherwise we'd be permanently stuck to a tree. <laughs> That's right, I remember that. But we were off on our own because everyone else was sitting in the field painting a beautiful picture. Yeah. And we were off getting dirty. Yeah, literally, because then <laughs> we were walking back to do the exhibit in the evening and poor Jeanette went above and beyond the call of duty and mm. um, on the way back I trod in a cow poo and which I think you accused me of leading you into. <laughs> so it, it was like my, my penance. Bad guiding. And then Bad guiding. And it was the summer I had like flip-flops or something ridiculous. And I was mm. like, oh my God. And poor Jeanette was there getting rid of this cow poo. And I was like, oh dear. I'm surprised we didn't turn it into a work of art. We could have done. We could have made it Mod-rocked like... rocked it. Exactly. Yeah. The car, like literally had like my imprint of like my foot in the poo. I think that's the first time I think remember in the evening you had to go and have your dinner and a glass of wine and you had to Mm. show what you'd done that day yes and the guy was really keen for you to show what you'd done and I remember you 
being a bit embarrassed because everyone was holding up by then it was a level (laughs) so there were some very good artists there yeah and you said i really don't want to hold up my mud rocked piece of bark yeah. with holes in literally but he it, loved it he, he absolutely did. loved it he thought it was really because he said like nature is such a physical thing and i remember him saying like it's amazing because obviously you're seeing nature but like by touching a tree you're actually engaging with it in like a different way so he found it you know really deep and and meaningful <laughs> which I, I was like yes yeah that no, was, he, that was, was he was lovely that no, was the was intention but good. yeah so no, it was um like, like I said, from all the way through school, Jeanette was my teaching assistant from PE, running alongside me, shouting jump at hurdles and all the other lessons from helping me like write my English essays. So we spent a lot of time together, like seven years at school. So I'm going to ask you now, Jeanette, about your VIP treatments. This is where okay. something that you spotted at school or from being like a friend of mine, like something that negative maybe that you've noticed people do to vision impaired people. Well... I don't like the way people would talk. I say people, mainly the girls at school, would say, well, what can she see? Well, you know, what can a normal person see? And they'd refer to sort of themselves as normal Mm. and therefore making you feel so different. And I, I found that very embarrassing. And also the way just because you can't see it doesn't mean you can't hear. Yeah. So it was like, oh, can she... It's Can she do this? Can she do that? And I, I used to find that really quite awful. Yes, no, definitely. I think the word normal does get bandied normal. about a yeah. lot, 100%. And like, yeah, like people would um, like want to know exactly what I can and can't see. But yeah, referring to... But in a rude way, Taylor, sometimes yeah. people would wave their hand in front of your face and say, can you see this? Mm. Well, what does that prove? Exactly. Is that just for their, just for their amusement, I suppose? I'm not yeah, sure. 100%. And I think, yeah, like saying yeah normal I remember like pulling I think there was a girl at school yeah that kept saying it and even friends sometimes friends and family don't mean to say it it's just a word that gets like used a lot and I Mm. always say oh you should just say sighted like visually impaired and sighted or sighted and a blind or visually impaired person so because that's the only difference it's the sight it's not Mm. you know the like you said I can still hear them I can still go about my day-to-day life it's literally the vision is the only difference so yeah referring yes, but to also it. the fact that they would think just because you can't see you, you your, your intelligence is affected yeah, as well exactly you know, i'll speak very slowly and clearly to you yes that's another thing you must get or loudly mm, exactly that happens so much where people yeah like they either they speak slower or louder and you know i remember like at one point like with a like someone at school I was like it's my my ears are fine yeah it's my eyes how loud you are yeah I can actually hear you very very clearly um but yeah 100 percent. so I think if anyone you know if anyone is engaging a vision impaired person just be be aware not to bandy the word normal about just keep your voice to a normal volume and um and also yeah speak directly to them because nine times out of ten they'll be perfectly happy to explain about their vision and be very um open and then the next part of the show is the VIP life lesson. So again, this is something that you've maybe noticed um, that I do, that you've sort of taken forward into your everyday life or something that you're going to use if you uh, encounter another vision impaired person. Well, I think it's more of a, a personal thing to do with you. That I realise that you appreciate things, but in a different way. Mm. Like last week, in fact, we went to see a play called 
big little things big little things, big little things oh, at the soho place, such a good place. and i enjoyed it mm. i watched it i saw what they were wearing and but you were absolutely moved by it because mm. of the dialogue yeah so you, it, you felt it more mm. so you use different senses to 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 somebody else that's watching the same thing and you appreciate things in different ways and that's the same with with going to a ballet you mm. may not appreciate the dance but the music is fantastic mm. um so that's the main thing is i don't think you should exclude anyone that's a vip mm. from any anything that you're doing a hundred percent and like that's the thing like like you were saying just there like now you're probably aware of other things more so like you're saying if you're watching a play and you're looking at the you know the lighting and the costumes and stuff maybe every now and again really honing in on the dialogue will make a will add another element to, to your experience to, absolutely mm. definitely no that's a, that's a good point 100 percent. so you come to the last bit of the show and this is taylor's top tips and it actually follows on really nicely from um what jeanette said um so before we go to the Taylor's top tips, I'm going to play a little clip from my knitting teacher because knitting, I've, I've said um, I'm a really creative person. That is a new hobby that I've had. It's a new form of art, a new form of expression. And I found that it worked and lended itself really well to me as a visually impaired person. So before Taylor's top tips, here we have an interview with my knitting teacher. Hi Taylor, thanks for asking me to contribute to your podcast. I teach you knitting. When I started to teach you knitting, I wasn't sure how easy it would be for a visually impaired person who'd never previously knitted to now learn to knit. But I know that many people who have lost their eyesight continue to knit and it's a craft that is very tactile and you can feel the stitches and feel the patterns you're doing. You've been incredible because you've learned to knit with your vision impairment and you have just adapted the techniques to suit yourself. We started with fat needles and a nice chunky wool so that you could feel very carefully where each stitch was. But you've learned to cast on, to knit in plain and purl, to achieve rib. You've learned to knit in the round on circular needles, which some experienced knitters don't get to grips with but I think it's because we make it very descriptive and it's so tactile you can feel what you're making you can count the stitches by touching them and so it lends itself to people with vision impairment it's certainly a challenge that you've taken up and you've succeeded at and it's been really so much fun working with you creating so many different things over the last couple of years of knitting together I mean, you've knitted scarves, hats, book cosies, mug cosies, cushion covers, so many different things. And it's been a really good creative endeavour. Huge thank you to Lorna, my knitting teacher, and of course to Jeanette for her wonderful interview. It was so lovely revisiting all the art projects that we've done over the years. And uh, Jeanette is now a very, very firm friend. So on to Taylor's top tips. And this one applies to everything that we've said in this show about hobbies, about interests, about being creative. If you, the listener, are at the theatre next or are, you know, taking part in one of your favourite hobbies, I wouldn't recommend cycling for what I'm about to say. Um, But if you are taking part in something that you love to do, why not hone in in another sense? Why not, if you're at the theatre, 
maybe close your eyes, listen to the dialogue. If you are knitting or if you are doing yoga or something physical that, again, isn't dangerous like cycling, maybe shut your eyes and see how feel how it's different and see if you can hone in on your other senses to enjoy your hobbies that little bit more, including things like baking. While you're cake making a cake, stand back, smell the cake. Can you smell when it's nearly finished? All those kind of things will just maybe make a little bit of difference to your hobbies and interests. So that's the end of the show. Thank you so much to my amazing guests, Jeanette Corbett and to Lorna, my knitting teacher. And we'll be back in a few weeks with episode seven. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. To make sure you never miss a future episode, give me a follow, Taylor Knott Cuts on Instagram. If you're listening to this as a podcast, make sure to like, review and subscribe as it helps other people find the show. Much love and see you next time.